Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and I've got some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view one you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey guys, welcome to this evening's podcast. It is October the 14th, Saturday evening. 8.45 my time, that's Central Standard Time in Texas, United States. Uh, folks, we got some things to talk about, so listen up. Okay, and it's going to be raw, and it's going to be on point, and uh, no uh, him hawing around about this tonight. Okay, so Hamas posts footage of terrorists holding kidnapped Israeli children. These folks are just maniacal, just... I. Mm. Hamas released has released new footage of what seems to show Israeli children they kidnapped during their murderous assault on southern Israel on Saturday. The video, which was posted to Hamas Telegram channel, was captioned, Hamas fighter showing compassion for children in the midst of the kibbutz holot battles on day one of Operation Alaska Flood. Whatever. Whatever. You know, talk about some fake news. This is from Jerusalem Post. We will dive into that. And listen up, folks. Do you still... I don't know, make donations to the Red Cross? Well, if you do, you better stop. Red Cross refuses to help Israeli hostages. This is October the 14th, Saturday, posted in Headline News. We will talk about that. The Red Cross is obligated to make every effort to visit the captives and directly ensure their safe treatment and rights. They have responsibility to report to families, but the Red Cross is refusing to carry out its duties on behalf of the Israeli Hamas hostages. Amir Sarfati, bare knuckle brawl. Israel will not stop until these terrorists are permanently off the threat list. And like I told you, that's what they're going to do. And I don't think, um, I don't think they were prepared. I don't think when Hamas went in that they thought it was going to be that successful. I really don't think they did. And a lot of those folks out there, you know, of course, spreading the fake news that Israel knew and they let this happen. And uh, yeah, I don't really think Israel knew about it. Um, you know, they might have known some stuff was going to happen and they might have heard some chatter. But I think that they honestly thought that this can happen to us, you know, um, but it did. And so uh, I think Iranian has backed um, Hamas and they're holding off on Hezbollah because they don't want them destroyed as well. And so they're kind of letting the Palestinians, you know, take the brunt of it. That's my opinion. I mean, I don't know. But I mean. I really don't think they were going to be that successful because now the entire world knows what kind of savage, barbaric, brutalized, you know, pieces of garbage that these people are uh, committing these acts of atrocity. And I think now the world has seen what they've done. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're in the United States or anywhere in the world and you back Hamas and you think what they're doing is okay, you know, brutalizing women and children and elderly and Holocaust survivors to hell with you. I'm just telling you like it is. Um, we don't want you in the United States of America. We don't want you in our country. You know, you can go. Why don't you just go over there? <laughs> you know, you leftist people who think that uh, homosexuality and transgender and all this garbage and there's 55,000 um, genders and oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. If you think that's so great, why don't you go and live in Palestine and tell me how far you get? Just let me know. You know, because you're the same people that hang homosexuals, uh, brutalize homosexuals, burn them alive. And, you know, just let me know how that works out for you over there, okay? Um, you're you're just insane. People who back these people and they're out there, you know, protesting. There's going to be the big protest in Austin, Texas. God forgive us here in Texas. Let me tell you something. The rest of Texas, we don't really claim Austin. 
I mean, you know, Austin just happens to be here, but we trust us. We don't claim Austin. You know, they want to keep it weird. They definitely keep it weird in Austin, and we don't really claim them, okay? Just like UT. Terrible. Terrible. I'm sorry. Go Texas Tech. Guns up, baby. Guns up. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd even be an Aggie before I'd go to University of Texas. Ugh. And burnt orange really makes you just want to, ugh. Anyway, I'm sorry. <clears throat> back to the, back to all this. But um, Austin, we don't claim Austin. A lot of Dallas, we don't really claim Dallas either. Um, but for all those folks, you can just, just leave. Just get out of our country. You know, just go. And we definitely don't want you in Texas. So just leave, okay? Leave. Um, you are a pathetic human being if you think this is okay. I, don't, I cannot fathom how somebody could back something like this after they've seen children decapitated, children burned alive, grandmothers, mothers, families separated, shot, killed, murdered, mowed down like... Like with a video game or something. What is wrong with you people that you're going to stand up for these people? Just get the hell out of our country. We do not want you here. I don't want you here. And if I see a, a pro-Hamas flag or whatever the crap in my neighborhood, you better believe it's going to be burned. I ain't going to say by who, but uh, you know what I'm saying? You think it's okay to burn the United States flag and stomp on it and piss on it and all that stuff? <laughs> well, we could do the same thing for all of that. You know, but the Bible says not to return evil for evil. And I have to keep remembering that. You know, I have to keep telling myself that I keep reading the word and we've all need to stay in the word of God. Otherwise, our emotions are going to get really, really out of control because I don't know how you could see something like that and not be angry and grieved and, and just for I, oof, you know what I mean? Y'all know what I mean. But Armageddon? Not so fast. By the Christian Post, we'll talk about that. Citing a recent study by Peer Research Center, Rosenberg says, to be precise, 55% of all American adults age 18 and over believe in the second coming of Christ, and they don't mean symbolically or metaphorically. They mean they believe that Jesus is literally, physically going to return to earth one day. Let's keep in mind that 55% is 142 million Americans Praise the Lord. I wish there was more because it's true. It's going to happen. So we will read um, Amir Sarfati's post. Um, it says Israel will not stop until the terrorists are permanently off the threat list. He says, I write this as I write this to you today. Please understand that my emotions, along with uh, those of all my fellow Israelis, are still raw. For those of you in America, think of how you felt five days after 9-11. So while he says, so while I will seek to communicate matter of factly, you will hopefully understand when there is still in my words. And he understand he's upset. And I, you know, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine what it must be like. Um, so America in danger, Hamas and Hezbollah sleeper cells are here. Folks been saying that for a long time. They are here. They're here. And I'm sure there's a great many of them here in where I live because there's a whole lot of those people that live here, uh, in the city that I'm from. But I hope they know there's a hell of a lot more of us than there are of them here. So anyway, so we'll talk about that. It's by CBN and it says, while the exact number of Hamas and Hezbollah supercells operating within the United States is not known, a comprehensive study by George Washington University last year found the most Hezbollah activity was in Michigan, New York, North Carolina, and California. North Carolina? What entire nation, as we like to say here what North Carolina folks I'm telling you strange so why does the Bible contain prophecy this article is by Alex McFarland uh, from Christian Post and uh, there's five reasons 
and we may go over those five reasons. I'm pretty sure we will. A uh, State Department will evacuate U.S. citizens from Israel if they can if they can come up with the cash. Isn't that lovely? This is our State Department. In keeping with the theme of the new department, the government has announced that it will evacuate U.S. citizens stranded in Israel for a price. The State Department announced on Thursday that it will arrange for charter flights for U.S. citizens and their immediate family members who have been unable to book commercial transit and seek a safe means of departing Israel. But in order for the government to get them out of the country, those citizens will have to pay. Hmm, isn't that nice? Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Governor. Our tax money's that's right there is perfectly at work. We charge our own citizens to get them home. Hmm. Anti-Israel groups prepare sequel to Australia's Gas the Jews rally. New South Wales Labor Party Premier Chris Minns on Wednesday apologized to the Jewish community for the vicious gas the Jews pro-Hamas rally at the famed Sydney Opera House on Monday night, acknowledging the heinous display made by made Jews feel unsafe and prevented them from commemorating the victims of the Hamas atrocity. What in the hell is going on? Are you serious? In Australia, folks. I know you there's a lot of you folks that listen in Australia. And I know not all of you guys are like this. I understand. It's like the United States. It's like here. We have them in Michigan, New York, Los Angeles, uh, Dallas, Austin. I know. I understand. Um, but how in the world can somebody? I just don't understand. You know, one, we won't. We're not going to ever understand. And I'm thankfully so we don't understand how people can back these just disgusting, you know, just, oh gosh. These uh, hateful, vindictive, monstrous, demonized people. And I'm glad that you and I cannot understand that. I wouldn't want to understand how somebody could back these people or how they could be in, in this in these rallies and go like, yeah, bro. I mean, I don't want to. I don't ever want to understand how they can do that because I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to see that kind of evil. I don't want to I ever. I don't ever want that to, you know, even enter in um, to my mind. So fine, you know. We'll pray for them. Maybe God will save them in his infinite mercy and grace. But fears grow of a war that engulfs all the Middle East. This is, but none of those, he said, will compare with the war he believes is now brewing between Israel and its hostile neighbors. As Israel lashes back forcefully against the massive attacks on this soil by Hamas militants, um, Hajiz and others fear that an expected ground invasion of Gaza will spiral into a titanic clash that pulls in Iran and its proxies, including Hezbollah in Lebanon and the Gaza-based Islamic Jihad. So we're going to see about that. And folks, that might definitely be the huge precursor to the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. But right now we're not there because the United States is in full force helping Israel. We have troops on the ground. We have ships over there. We have airplanes, air intelligence. We've got everything over there. And praise God, I would be heartbroken if we didn't. And I'm so thankful to God that we are uh, helping our um, ally Israel. So... It says it's not just Hamas. Now, CNN, MSNBC, and other media are attacking Israel, accusing us, quote, of war crimes, as Joe Rosenberg posted yesterday. It's the worst civilian casualty attack in the history of the state of Israel, she wrote. Or she told me, normally in a war, you have 80 to 90% combatants as the fallen and about 10 to 20% of uh, unfortunate innocent casualties. But she noted that these terrorists came to uh, terrorists came to look for the innocent victims. They are cowards. They came looking for little children to kill and the old ladies to get in their beds. Folks, this is the people 
These are the wicked, demonic, devilish, sadistic pieces of garbage that Israel is over there cleaning up right now. If you haven't had the opportunity to watch some of the videos <laughs> of Israel bombing Gaza, oh man, it's just, it's like, it's great TV, let me tell you. I want to put it on replay because I want every one of them to know that Israel is not going to give up until every one of them are dead and gone and eradicated. So there will not be a Hamas very long because I'm telling you what, Israel right now is bombing the top layer because there is a second Gaza. There's not just the Gaza on top, there's a Gaza on the bottom because there's tunnels and there's mass tunnels underneath Gaza. And so Israel is now bombing the top because they are going to go in uh, militarily on the ground and go underground and they're going to eradicate Hamas. Praise God. Woo! I'll tell you what, it's a good day. It's a good day. Uh, for that to happen. I tell you what, may God uh, be their strength and their shield and buckler. So let's see, Hamas palace footage, uh, terrorists holding kidnapped Israeli children in a Jerusalem post. I'm not going to watch the video and I don't, you know, if y'all guys want to, I can't do it. So this is uh, in one of the clips in the Hamas video, a man is heard telling a child to say Bismillah uh, before drinking uh, from a cup. And this is by Sam Halpern, posted the 13th of October, uh, 2137, which is about 9.37 my time. And so, a support of a Hamas and Islamic Jihad take part in a rally last year in the southern Gaza Strip to, to celebrate uh, a deadly shooting attack in Tel Aviv. Hamas has released new video, of, uh, new footage of what seems to show Israeli children they kidnapped during their murderous assault on southern Israel on Saturday. The video, which was posted to Hamas Telegram channel, which uh, was captioned, Hamas fighters showing compassion for children in the midst of the Kibbutz Halet uh, battles on day one of Operation Alaska Flood during Hamas's attack on Kibbutz Halit, 13 Israelis were murdered, goes on to say. Uh, as the identities of the children in the video have not yet been confirmed, it remains unclear if their parents were among those killed when they were taken. Uh, Hebrew media sources reported on Friday that the footage from the recent Hamas video appears to show that Hamas has taken the Israeli children back into Gaza. Palestinian fighters from the armed wing of Hamas take part in a military parade uh, to mark the anniversary of the 2014 war with uh, Israel near the border in the central central Gaza Strip. That was back in July 19th of 2023 hamas being quote compassionate the video the hamas video consists of a series of short clips um, that hamas claims their show their members being quote compassionate um in the first a member of hamas appears to wrap a bandage around the foot of a small child in subsequent clips men in body armor armed with assault rifles carry small children pat them on the back and speak to them in the clip showing a terrorist rocking a little child back and forth in a stroller the child could be heard crying the final clip included uh in the video shows a smiling child holding a cup of water in english a man tells the child say bismillah uh, in the name of allah the child repeats bismillah uh, yalla drink the man tells the child the child then proceeds to take a sip israel's social media accounts have subsequently spread the video activist emily schrader posted it with a caption not gruesome and yet one of the most sickening videos of this entire conflict discussing hamas savages kidnapping israeli children from the south activists and social media influencer hannah and Hanaya Naftali uh, also noted Hamas publishes footage of his fighters keeping Israeli children as human shields in Gaza. Folks, do not let um, these animals, um, you know, make them seem like they're all, you know, see what we're doing, see how nice we are. No, 
they're lying, they're deception, they're deceiving, and they're probably going to murder those children, God forbid. Folks, they're like, if you listen to this long enough, then you're going to know that they are masters of the media. They can, they're already reporting all kinds of stuff. They have their little goons and their little computers, and that's what they're doing, mass reporting of stuff. And so then you have like MSNBC and CNBC said, oh, look, you know, we need to stop telling this footage and we need to, you know, look, look at the, the poor, the poor Gazans, they're being murdered. Um, Civilians are dying. If you've watched any of the footage of what happened on Saturday and the whole week, uh, you're going to know that no. No, all of those people were cheering when they were bringing us. It's, it's just sickening. I'm not even going to talk about that. So let's move along. Amir Sarfati. We're going to listen. We're going to read his article. Um, so Amir Sarfati, bare knuckle brawl. Israel will not stop until these terrorists are permanently off the threat list. This is at HarbingersDaily.com, posted today, October the 14th by Amir Sarfati. Shalom from a grieving Israel. He says, I finally was able to make it home yesterday after days of trying to catch earlier flies. What I found here was a nation that is brokenhearted yet full of resolve. We have put up with the terrorist surroundings us and picking off our people one by one. When we would respond, it would be with a method of retaliation commensurate to the murderous action being taken against us. But then a terrorist army invaded from Gaza and horrifically slaughtered more than 1,200 of our innocent babies, children, elderly women, and men. They shot them, burned them, stabbed them, and decapitated them. At that point, it was no longer about retaliation against terrorists. We were at war. He says, as I write this to you today, please understand that my emotions, along with all of those of my fellow Israelis, are still raw. For those of you in America, think about how you felt five days after 9-11. So while I will seek to communicate matter-of-factly, you will hopefully understand uh, when there is still in my words he says i recognize that there are those in gaza who do not agree with what was done by their leaders and fellow countrymen i'm sorry for what you must endure because of their evil actions he says but once again this is war you are not victims of the israeli defense forces you are victims of your own leadership he says i'll begin this article with a brief look at the current situation he says i will not focus on what initially took place in the attacks because i've already covered that in the special edition the war in israel article published on sunday if you haven't read it already he goes i suggest encourage you do so this newsletter will center on developments since that last newsletter then i will look at the major players involved who are showing themselves as israelis friends and who are making it clear that they are our enemies finally i will lay out the three levels of israelis response to these attacks as we look in the future so folks if you haven't gone to um, behold israel um, dot org behold israel dot org is amir sarfati's page in his website so please go there and you're gonna learn a lot so the current situation Israel is fighting a three-front war. In the northeast, mortar shells have been fired across the border from Syria. The IDF is closely watching activity from this region or from that region because it is a hotbed of activity by Iranian-supported proxy militias. Russia also continues to have a strong presence there, although it is decreasing as they siphon off troops from Syria to fight in Ukraine. It goes on to say the second front is Lebanon in the north. Uh, Hezbollah is sending uh, commando raids into Israel while firing rockets over the border. Leaders from uh, the Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, or the IRGC, as well as from Iranian proxy militias like Kataib, Saeed, al-Shahuda, are in Lebanon orchestrating the terrorist actions. So Hezbollah leadership is being very vocal against both Israel and the United States. I expect this front to explode soon due to the pressure being put on it by the IRGC. 
The primary front is in Gaza to the south. This is where the attack against Israel originated. And this is where Hamas has its stronghold. Israel, uh, Gaza looks like a war zone because that is exactly what it is. The IDF is on a mission to destroy Israel's uh, southern enemies, the terrorist organizations Hamas and Islamic Jihad. To find them, they must root them out. That is why you are seeing building after building come down in, uh, coming down in Gaza. This is not a police operation. We will not risk our people going door to door to find criminals. This is war, which means destroying the weapons, resources, safe houses, and personnel of your enemy. Those who understand war recognize the needs or the need for leveling buildings and cutting services like electricity and water. Those who don't cry out unfair, overkill. If any of those naysayers actually looked at the pictures of decapitated babies and of families who were burned alive, I wonder whether they would have the same reaction. Expect the strength of Israel's uh, persecution, uh, Israel of, of Israel's prosecution of the war in Gaza to be what begins to turn the sentiment of the world, particularly in Europe, back against us. In Israel, more than 400,000 reservists have been called to service. We are strong and we are united as a nation. Once again, I hearken back to 9-11. As a population, we are where America was on that tragic day. All of our social and political differences have been set aside for another time. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has created a special emergency wartime government consisting of himself, former Prime Minister and Defense Minister Benny Gantz, uh, current Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, former IDF Chief of Staff Gadi uh, Eisenkot, and Minister of Strategic Affairs Ron Dermer. This unity government's sole purpose is the, is the successful prosecution of the war until peace and safety are once, are, are once again achieved. So Israel's global friends. The United States, he says, it is, in, once again, if you're just now listening or somehow found this podcast, um, then this is by Amir Sarfati. So it is in the difficult times that one learns who are, who are true friends and who are enemies. The one nation that has shown itself above all others to be a friend of Israel is the United States. For all the areas in which I strongly disagree with this administration, it has stepped up strongly to support our efforts to protect ourselves. I must give credit where credit is due. What is taking place now is not politics. It is war in the United States is our closest wartime friend. And I do want to interject here. I don't like Biden and I don't like his administration, but I am very thankful to God that he has stepped up and they are supporting it. We are supporting Israel in every way we possibly can. So I do got to give Biden credit for that. Anyway, so on Tuesday, the USS Gerald uh, R. Ford Carrier Strike Group arrived in the Eastern Mediterranean Sea as a deterrent against any other nations, i.e. Lebanon, uh, from getting involved in the war. Hezbollah immediately spoke out against America, saying they will not be intimidated by a carrier. They should be. The U.S. is also replenishing Israel's weapons and ammunition stores. Included um, in that is a request for uh, is a request by four senators, two from each party, to transfer to Israel or to transfer to Israeli-controlled two Iron Dome batteries that are currently under U.S. oversight. In Israel, we are truly blessed to have the United States of America by our side. Europe. For all the na- for all the United Nations votes that go against Israel because of uh, perceived slights against the Palestinians, the support from Europe has been surprisingly strong. Maybe for the first time, many are seeing in the radical element in Gaza uh, what we have been dealing with for decades. The number of landmarks and governmental buildings that were either lit up with Israel's blue and white or in blue and white or flew an Israeli flag was quite moving, he said. Whereas the support and encouragement poured in from government governmental leaders throughout uh, the continental uh, throughout the continent. Um, just yesterday the Bunsen 
Bundestag in Germany, of all places, stood for a minute of silence for Israelis' victims. Uh, amazing, he says. So I'm sorry, you guys. I just had these glasses uh, made, and man, they are a little blurry. And uh, I'm sorry about that. I'm having a little bit of trouble here um, reading out of it. I may have to go to my old pair. Anyway, the ones that I broke in half. And <laughs> sorry. So the support of Europe is not just of the visual encouragement kind. The governments of Great Britain, France, Italy, and Germany have joined the United States in a coalition committed to. Um, coming against any third country that looks to enter the war with Hamas. Many in Lebanon know that the partnership is directed primarily towards them. The leader of uh, Lebanon's Kataib Christian Party warned Hezbollah against dragging their country um, into a conflict in which they all will pay a heavy price. So the Middle East. So Jordan has allowed the United States to deploy the 101st Airborne Division on its bases in support of Israel. The United Arab Emirates strongly condemned the attacks against Israel and warned Syrian President Bashar al-Assad uh, against joining the war after an initial issue with Egypt over an attempt to export supplies into Gaza. There has been calm between Israel and its southern neighbor. Cairo has even opened up its borders to Gazan refugees and is willing to receive Israeli hostages if and when they are freed by the terrorists. So Israel's global enemies, Iran, the nation responsible for the attack from the north is Iran. They recruited the proxy militias. They funded them, trained them, positioned them, and now they have deployed them. Make no mistake, the religious tyrants in Tehran have escalated this conflict to the level for which they will pay a very heavy price. Russia. Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, blames Israel for the conflict. Relations between Moscow and uh, Jerusalem have soured over gas and the ongoing conflict with Syria. Some of the techniques used in the Gazan terrorist invasion smacked of Russian involvement. And it would not be surprising to hear that they were involved in training the attackers. The radical left. It amazes me that even after the reports of the murder of children, the capitation of babies, the burning alive of families, and the raping and torture of hostages... Thousands of people in cities around the world took to the streets in support of Hamas. Seriously. There are times I'm just flabbergasted, not just by evil, but the joyful support by the radical left of evil's heinous actions. Sadly, as the prosecution of the war continues, more and more will listen to the mindless and heartless chanting of these people and will be swayed to their side. Eventually, Israel will once again be viewed as villains for defending ourselves. How do I know this? Because I've seen it. Uh, because I've seen this same movie far too many times before, he says. So what's next? Phase one, cleanse Israel of terrorists. He says, this is easier said than done. Even up until today, terrorists are being found hiding out in the south. The bigger concern, though, is up north. If this region hasn't blown up by the time this newsletter is released, I, along with most Israelis, believe it will sometime soon. Yesterday, my family and I escaped to the bomb shelter because we received notice of a drone and aircraft invasion from the north. It turned out that all the security alerts uh, the country experienced were part of a cyber attack. Still, we all expect that in the near future, the alerts uh, that we receive will be real. He goes on to say, uh, phase two, Hamas, destroy Hamas and Islamic Jihad. You can add Hezbollah and uh, Lebanon, the Houthis in Yemen and the Taliban in Afghanistan, ISIS in Syria and Iraq and any other terrorist group that joins in this attack on Israel. We've played around with terrorism too long. The Gaza and West Bank and northern border terrorists are emboldened, embedded and well supplies. Um, he says they will they they play on our compassion and our scruples about commensurate retaliation. Those gloves are off, he says. It is now a bare knuckle brawl and Israel will not stop punching until these uh, terrorists are permanently off the threat list. 
Phase three, go after nations who helped. The Ayatollah Khomeini, you can not hide behind your proxies militia anymore. Everyone knows that it is you supplying them with weapons, training, and funds. We know that it is the voice of your leadership that is sending your ignorant fighting sheep out to be slaughtered. He says, um, he says, we've let it go for this long, but we will not let it, but we will not anymore. He goes, that also goes for you, Valdemir, and you, Recep, and any other puppet masters who are pulling the strings of terrorism in the Middle East. Any of you who have read my novels know the old Talmudic saying, if anyone is coming to kill you, rise up and kill them first. We Israelis are tired of people coming to kill us. It's time for us to rise up, he says. We are in the beginning stages of a long battle. He goes, I can't say that it will get worse before it gets better because I can't imagine anything worse than what has already taken place in southern Israel. He says, I've compared these uh, this event to, this, to a second 9-11, but I've seen the pictures and heard the stories. It is nothing like, it is nothing less than a second Holocaust. Maybe not in numbers, but certainly in brutality and depths of evil. Still, the numbers are horrific proportionally to the population it is like 26,000 Americans being viciously slaughtered in one day and rather than it being one grand event that took everyone out it was innocents being killed one by one children in front of their parents and parents in front of their children gunned down at a party shot in their beds executed in the street absolutely barbaric pray for Israel pray for our leaders particularly those of the emergency government pray for our military Hundreds of thousands have left their jobs and their homes to temporarily step back into uniform. Pray for the families of the dead. Pray for the uh, recovery of the wounded. Pray for those who are hostages or who were hostages. So many have been brutalized in the most violent of ways. Most of all, pray that God will somehow be glorified in all of this. He is good. He is God. We trust his ways. Folks, that is Amir Sarfati. Uh, You can find that article at harbingersdaily.com. And if you're not signed up uh, for his newsletter, uh, go to Behold israel.org and sign up if you're not following his telegram page go follow his telegram page but beware right now it is very um graphic so guys um you know what what all do we have going on so isaiah 17 one that is the burden of damascus behold damascus is taken away from being a city and it shall be a ruinous heap that is king james version had to put my little doggy out he was in here with a little his little clicker clacker nails I'm a hardwood floors, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> so um, anyway, this is by Michael Snyder of the American Dream, posted yesterday, October the 13th, and you can find it at prophecynewswatch.com, originally posted in the end of the American Dream. He says, as soon as Israel sends troops into Gaza, a chain of events will begin, which nobody is going to be able to control. He says, I believe that one of those events will be uh, Hezbollah entering the conflict from the north he says i discussed as i discussed yesterday he said there's no way that hezbollah is just going to sit there and watch hamas get systematically wiped out by the idf hezbollah is already mobilizing their forces and making preparations to join the fight but if that happens israel is going to hit back extremely hard in fact there are reports that israel has already warned hezbollah that if it enters the war the israelis will destroy damascus the Yenet News says, quote, IDF will destroy Damascus, target Syrian President Assad. If Hezbollah joins war, U.S. warships will support Israel in war, message relayed in via France. So unfortunately, this threat has, caught, has not caused Hezbollah to back down, and Israeli jets attacked and disabled the airports in Damascus and Aleppo today. It is believed the airports were receiving arms shipments from Iran for local militia groups who are preparing to help Hezbollah. 
Fox News is reporting that the Israelis are now, quote, actively fighting a secondary front along Israel's northern border with Hezbollah in Lebanon. Uh, it says here in quotes, Israel uh, Defense Forces IDF Spokesman Lieutenant uh, Colonel Jonathan Conricus said Wednesday that the Israeli army shelled the Lebanese, uh, Lebanese border town of Duhari and the surrounding area where the missiles attack came from. He also said Israel was actively fighting a secondary front along Israel's northern border with Hezbollah in Lebanon. In addition to the counteroffensive the IDF is launching in the Gaza Strip. We have deployed tens of thousands of additional units along the northern border, Conricus said including infantry, special forces, armed forces, artillery, air forces, and additional assets, including intelligence and logistics. And uh, Michael goes on to say Hezbollah has not formally entered the war yet. He says, but I think that will likely happen very quickly once Israel invades Gaza. Uh, so could Israel actively turn Damascus into a pile of rubble? Chapter 17 of the book of Isaiah paints a sobering picture in it. The city of Damascus is a pile of rubble. The Bible says it will disappear from the face of the earth to become a heap of ruins. And that is Isaiah chapter 17, verse 1. At the same time, large parts of northern Israel will also lie in ruin. That's Isaiah 17, verse 3. Uh, I'm sorry, chapter 17, verse 3. Now, before you say this prophecy was fulfilled during Old Testament times, keep this in mind. This passage says Damascus will cease to be a city. 17, verse 1. It will be utterly and completely destroyed. Yet Damascus is one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities on record. It goes back more than 5,000 years. At 2,600 years old, the book of Isaiah itself is new compared to Damascus. The prophecy is yet to be fulfilled. How interesting is it that Israel has threatened to do exactly what the Bible predicts, destroy Damascus. Just consider what the IDF is already doing to Gaza. It says we are being told that Gaza was hit by an astounding 250 airstrikes in a single hour. Pictures show neighborhoods in Gaza almost destroyed after Israel launched 250 airstrikes in just one hour. It comes after an Israeli defense official promised the Strip will become a tent city with every building to be, to be demolished. The IDF is not messing around. One Israeli military official admitted that they are attacking um, on an unprecedented scale, and nobody can really argue with that fact. Brigadier General Omar Tishlar, the Israeli uh, Air Force Chief of Staff, says fighter jets are striking the Gaza Strip on an unprecedented scale. We are attacking the Gaza Strip on an unprecedented scale because that because what happened here is something that has never happened before. There is an enemy here firing rockets, raiding a civilian population, Tishler says, and he called with reporters. We are never going back to that, he says. So far, a whopping 2006 684 targets inside Gaza have been hit. The Israeli Defense Forces has carried out strikes against 2,687 targets across the Gaza Strip since Saturday, according to fresh military data. According to the data, 1,329 of the targets are in multi-story buildings uh, containing Hamas assets, including war rooms, where the terror group manages the fighting against Israel. One of those targets was the Islamic University of Gaza. If you haven't watched that video, let me tell you something, guys. It's beautiful. It was wonderful. I just watched it. Anyway, back to the article. We are being told that it was a central training center and now it has been completely destroyed. The Israeli Defense Force says it has bombed the Islamic University of Gaza, which serves as a central training center for uh, Hamas engineers. The military fighters jets targeted the campus located in Gaza City. According to the IDF, the university was an important Center, center of political and military power for Hamas and a training institution for the development and production of weapons. And here is a video of it. If you'd like to go to prophecynewswatch.com and watch it like I did, it's wonderful. Anyway, 
Or you can go to Twitter and follow Emmanuel or Manny Fabian. And you can watch it out there at Manny Fabian. You can check him out there. So in the past, Israel has always so careful to avoid collateral damage when it would conduct when it would conduct attacks in Gaza. But now Israel's uh, defense minister is making it clear that there will be no holding back. Yoav Gallant, the Israeli defense minister, said all restraints on fighters have been released and promised an intensification of fighting. Hamas wanted wanted a change and it will get one. What was in Gaza will no longer be, he said. We started the offensive from the air. Later on, we will also come from the ground. We've been controlling the air or we've been controlling the area since day two and we are on the offensive. It will only intensify. Whoever comes to decapitate, murder, women, Holocaust survivors, we will eliminate him at the height of our power and without compromise. He says, Michael goes on to say, if the IDF were to apply the same threat to Damascus, it would draw Syria into war. Once Hamas, Hezbollah, and Syria have all entered the war, it is probably just a matter of time before Iran joins the conflict too. And once Iran enters the conflict, there is no telling how far things will or could escalate. Already, one member of the Knesset named uh, Revido Gotlib, um, sure, I just terrified i'm sorry about your name sir um has been calling for the use of nuclear weapons jericho missile jericho missile a strategic alert before considering the introduction of forces doomsday weapon this is my opinion may god preserve all our strength got live wrote on x formerly twitter on monday according to a translation another post says i urge you to do everything and use doomsday weapons fearlessly against our enemies adding that israel must use everything in its arsenal on tuesday she continued with her calls of urgency so only an explosion that shakes the Middle East will restore the country's dignity, strength, and security, uh, Gottlieb posted. Uh, it's time to kiss doomsday, shooting uh, powerful missiles without limit, not flattening uh, not flattening a neighborhood, causing uh, crushing and flattening Gaza without mercy, without mercy, she says. Um, so everyone knows that Israel has nukes, and let us hope that they will not be used anytime soon. But we should all be able to understand why she is so furious. At one location that Hamas attacked in southern Israel, knives were found left in some of the children. There's evidence in Kibbutz Pierre that children were slain in front of their parents. Major Doran Spiel says knives were found left in some of the children. Bodies are still being taken out of Kibbutz, which Spielman says will be remembered as a symbol of Hamas's massacre, like Auschwitz is a symbol of the Holocaust. Some 1,200 Israelis were slaughtered by the terror group, including over 100 at Beir alone. When Hamas decided to rape women, murder children, and kidnap the elderly, they awakened the full fury of the Jewish people. And when Israel sends troops into Gaza, the great Middle East war will be unleashed. There is going to be so much death and destruction in the days ahead, and there will be many more cities that will be transformed into piles of rubble before this is all over. So it was originally published in The End of the American Dream. Of course, it was reposted there at prophecynewswatch.com with permission. This is Michael Snyder's article. I read a lot of his articles. So folks, keep this in mind, and don't let the media lie to you and turn it on Israel, if you would have seen what they would have seen. Um, and we've all seen the horrific uh, pictures and images and videos of this. And so pray for the peace in Jerusalem. Pray for Israel. May God's vengeance be. Because God says, um, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I will repay. And so we will let God take care of this. So folks, um, I, and I tell you what, I just got, man, you know, I just never thought I would see this day. I know you guys never thought you'd see this day either, but I tell you what, we could wake up any moment 
any day, any morning. And it would say, uh, Israel has bombed Damascus and Damascus is no more. And then you'll know that the Bible prophesied this oh, long time ago, very long time ago. And uh, if you don't believe in Bible prophecy, maybe you will. And you see all these things happening and they all lined up to the war. You know, the, I, I kind of agree. Um, I think it was with a mirror that the Psalm 83 war happened in 1973. I do believe that. I mean, it, it made perfect sense. Um, and I, you know, I liked one of the guys, um, I can't, I'm, I'm not for sure who it was, um, that was at the prophecy conference that was talking about that. I always thought Ezekiel 38 and 39 war would happen before the rapture. I don't know why. I mean, the rapture can happen at any minute. So there's no timetable for the rapture. We could be shoot, yanked like, like that, you know, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> before the words came out of my mouth, we're like, Whoa, wow. Hi, you know, we'd be up in heaven. That'd be great. I mean, meet the Lord in the air, but um, and I always thought that, I don't know why I always thought that would happen like that, but it may happen that we are raptured first and then all the war breaks out in Israel, you know, that 38, Ezekiel 38 and 39 happens and then the Antichrist rises up and he says, oh, I did this, you know, and God Almighty is the one that destroys Israel's enemies, you know, because nobody ever, nobody comes to the aid of Israel. Nobody, nobody comes to their aid. And so that's when you know it's God Almighty because nobody else did, but God did and destroyed their enemies. Confusion, and they were burning weapons for like seven years, you know. I was like, whoa. I guess that's why a lot of people think it has to happen before the rapture because they burn the weapons for seven years, um, you know, like the tribulation or something. And so I, that's what I always thought. But it makes total sense that would happen after the rapture because the tribulation doesn't officially start until i mean we could be raptured now it could be five years before the tribulation starts you know um because uh what starts the tribulation is when the antichrist signs that peace covenant with israel that's what kicks it off that's daniel 9 27 and he doesn't really it doesn't even have to be a new one because it says it's like a bitter it means it makes it stronger uh and so if you read that it makes it he signs one that's already in place but he makes it stronger and so we have the Abraham Accords kind of in place. You guys notice that? So they're going to make this stronger. And so it makes perfect sense that this person, whoever he is, this Antichrist, that rises up, he says, I did this, Israel. I did this for you, you know. And so he signs that covenant, right? And after all, because the armies are going to be destroyed, armies from the north, all these that are coming will be destroyed. Boom. There won't be no more. And so they're gonna, Israel's going to turn. They're going to say, oh, my gosh, this is our Messiah. You know, and they're going to, oh, you know, but he's not. He is the Antichrist. And so if you're a Christian and you're sitting here and you're contemplating who the Antichrist is, just stop because you're never going to know. We won't be here. <laughs> if you're a born again, Bible believing Christian, boy, you put your faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And man, that's where your faith is and is in Christ. Then you're not going to know who the Antichrist is. We'll be gone before that ever happens. So don't even pretend to know. It doesn't even, we're not supposed to focus on him anyway. We're supposed to be focused on, on Jesus not on the Antichrist, okay? We ain't gonna be here for that, okay? <laughs> but there will be people left behind, and they will have to endure that. And so, like I always say, tell people about Jesus today, because today's the day of salvation, you guys. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, I don't know what you're waiting for, but I always say you don't have to be anywhere special. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to talk to anybody. You have, see, by what Christ did for all of us, and oh my gosh, it's such, it's amazing. You know, uh, I read this the other day that the folks that are Islamic and they go after all of us, it says they have to die. They have to die to go whatever, you know, but in, in our, in Christianity, 
our God, our King died for us. Isn't that amazing? So that we can live. So we have eternal life in Christ because of what he did for us. When God looks at us, he doesn't see us as the sinful, wretched people that we are. He sees us through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Christ came, died on a cross for your sin and for my sin. He endured the wrath of God so that we didn't have to, because there's no way we could ever do that. We couldn't do it. We're sinful. We're born into sin. We couldn't do it. But Christ is all man and all God, and he lived a perfect, sinless life. And he was the atonement, the sacrifice for our sin. And so God poured his wrath out on his son instead of us. And God loved us so much, and Jesus loved us so much that he endured that for us. He endured the cross for us. He died three days later. God the Father raised him from the dead. And that same power that raised God from the dead is going to raise you and me as well. That's the power. That's the power of God. And so Christ now has ascended to heaven 30 days later, and he sits on the right hand of the throne of God because it's finished. He did the work. He accomplished it. It is done. Finito. Finished. And so he is waiting. He has gone to prepare a place for us. John 14 is my very favorite. Oh my gosh. John is my favorite book in the entire Bible. And um, John 14 is my favorite chapter probably in all of the Bible. <laughs> Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. He says, in my father's house are many mansions or in my father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He goes, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. In the way you know. So folks, uh, don't be afraid. Don't let fear consume you. Don't let anger uh, consume you. Because God will have vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So whatever you're feeling today, just like with these, this horrific acts of barbarianism that these people, that these, these murderers, Ugh, can't even get even to call them people these acts of atrocity that have committed we have to take that anger and we have to take that that gosh just that terrible horrible feeling that we have and we have to give that to god we have to lay it at the feet of jesus christ we have to let and, and trust what the bible says that god will have vengeance on them and he's and he can do way more than either one of us can think or even, you know, and so that's what we have to do. We have to give it to God. Otherwise, it's going to consume us and it is going to eat us up. And that's not what God wants. We need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We need to pray for the hot. We need to pray for all the survivors, the hostages, all of them. We need to pray for them, for their families and um, keep praying. And um, that's what we need to do. Keep fighting the good fight, as the Apostle Paul says. And um, don't go weary in doing good. And don't ever donate to the Red Cross again. I'm not even going to read that article. I'm not even going to grace it. Um, you guys know the Red Cross is liberal. I hope you do know by now. I mean, I've known it for a long time. And the Coleman G, whatever, uh, breast cancer, that she's li- liberal. Absolute, just liberal. Don't even. Um, anyway, guys, I'm going to get off of here. Um, and as always, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you. And uh, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Please be in the church of your choice tomorrow or tonight. Some folks have night church, <laughs> Saturday night church, I should say. Um, Athy Creek, they have one there in Portland. If you're in Portland or near that area, hey, go see Pastor Brett Meter. Great, great church. 
Um, anyway, with that, I really am going to get off here. You know, in Texas, we got to say bye at least three or four times. <laughs> um, thanks, you guys, so much for listening. Um, just know that I love every single one of you guys that listen. I pray for all of you. I may not know all of you, but I do pray for y'all. And uh, wherever you are at in the world, I do. I pray for y'all. And uh, if you ever want to reach out to me, you know, shoot me an email at heather at BibleProphecyForToday.com. You can always reach me there. That's the number four, not F-O-R. So um, you can also go to my website, um, BibleProphecyForToday.com, and uh, you can reach me there on the message button if you want to. Shoot me an email, whatever you want to do. I'll do my best to get back with you as soon as I can. I know a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I don't always, I'm terrible. I'm so terrible. I don't always check Instagram. It'll go weeks by before I check. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Chris, I know you reach out to me there a lot. I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> you know, we've been tag teaming for a long time. So you you know how long it takes me to get back. I need to like, I need to focus and like check that. I do. I need to check Instagram a lot. But um, that and, 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 and Facebook, I'm not a big, you know, I, I get on Facebook way late at night. Um, and so I, I'm sorry, you know, I hate to do that. But my business is on there. I get along with little doggies. So my business is on Facebook. So I do get um, I do get messages for that. And so if you do reach out to me on Bible Prophecy, I will get that message on Facebook. But Instagram, I'm sorry. I need to need to work on that a little bit. <laughs> oh, guys, maybe tomorrow we will talk about America in danger. Hamas and Hezbollah sleeper cells are here. I think you and I all know that. We all know that. Um, always be on guard. Always be on guard. Uh, ladies, ladies, I'm talking to y'all. Trust me, I, I know I've been there, done that. I, I catch myself doing it too. Please don't sit in your cars when you come home in your driveway. Don't sit there uh, and try to chillax. I know we do that. It's our moment of peace, our calm. Don't do it. Not anymore, not nowadays. Please don't do it. When you go to a store, get out of your get out of your car, immediately go into that store. When you get home, get out of your vehicle, immediately go into your house. <laughs> You know, if you need to get away from the kids, this whatever, or the dogs, or like whatever you may have, or your husband, whatever, just say, hey, look, this is my time. I'm going to go spend some time in the bedroom, or just whatever. Just find you a space that you can make for yourself, and it's just with you, and nobody will bother you. You'll just make the, everybody, we all need our time with the Lord alone, and so just do that. Your downtime, I understand, but not now, today, don't do it in your car anymore. I was always like one of those. I was always sitting in front of my car, you know, I sit in my car, and I just like chill, you know. I'd like whatever, especially after a long day. And I don't know why that's so calming to do, but trust me, I know it is, but we can't do that anymore. Ladies, we just can't. Um, we need to be aware of our surroundings and the evil that's in this world. honey. It's not like it used to be. Not like when we were kids. It's not like it was 10 years ago. You know, it is. And the Bible said, you know, in Timothy, he says, well, wax worse and worse. And that's what old King James Version said. Oh, the wax worse and worse. It is not ever going to get better you guys, it's going to get worse and Christ has to come back because it gets so bad. Um, so all the kingdom now folks and all dominion now folks, and I don't know how that's working out for you guys, but they think they have to make the world better so that Jesus, because, oh, Jesus won't come back until it gets better. Well, if that's the case, he ain't never coming back. But we know that's not true. Uh, we know the worst, the world gets worse and worse until Christ comes back. And so um, anyway, Oh, you guys, with that, I really am going to get off of here. Okay, so uh, may God bless each and every one of you. And may he watch over you. May he protect you. And um, may his face shine upon you. And uh, may his vengeance be upon Israel's enemies. And uh, we just pray that his comfort and peace um, be with all those people in Israel and all, all the people around the world. 
And we ask you this in Jesus' name. Thank you guys so much for listening. May God bless you all.